Hello, and welcome to Right Now with Ralph Martin, a podcast where author, speaker, and worldwide renewal leader, Dr. Ralph Martin, shares what the Holy Spirit is stirring up in the church right now. Words of encouragement from the Lord to strengthen you for such a time as this. We are glad you can be with us this week as we seek to encourage you for this moment in history. And now, your host, Ralph Martin. What a joy each week to be with you and to just talk about the wonderful riches and treasures that Christ has given us and how he really is the, the source of all wisdom and goodness and hope for us and how he distributes that so richly through his servants. Today we have with us as a guest Dr. Joanne Storm, who's a professor of psychology at Franciscan University of Steubenville. Welcome, Joanne. Thank you. Let me tell you how I met Joanne. We were both speaking at a conference at Franciscan University of Steubenville the theme of the conference was surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. Mm -hmm. And it was sort of like how the saints, those who are already with the Lord, who are, who are already perfected, are still helping us, are still interceding for us, are still teaching us. And they asked me to speak on the themes of my book, which I'd just like to tell you about briefly. It's called The Fulfillment of All Desire, a guidebook for the journey to God based on the wisdom of the saints. And there's just tremendous wisdom in the saints about how to make progress on the spiritual journey, about how to get from baptism to the beatific vision. And they asked Joanne to speak about what's common in the saints. What can we learn from the saints? Even though they have such diverse personalities and diverse situations in life and missions, there's mm -hmm. some things really in common that we can really learn and take a lesson from. I'm going to ask Joanne to share some of that with us. But before we do, just tell us a little about yourself. You, you were born, and then what happened? I was born, yes. Um, I was born, grew up Catholic my whole life. Um, I guess a big change in my faith probably occurred in my early years of grad school, where I just started to take faith more seriously. Um, my story is very simple. It's one that doesn't involve sex or drugs or rock and roll, but... Praise um, the Lord. Yeah, but there was, there was fear that was there, and I remember... Um, one night climbing into bed and for the first time hearing the Lord speak and he he started being like, you know, I want you to change. Like I want more for you. And I like just calling me on in some areas of my life. And I'm I'm like, okay. And I was dating this guy long distance at the time and I'm a psychologist. So I realized that, you know, the way that we act in our, you know, it has an effect on other people too. And I, I'm like, all right, Lord, well, you know, I can change here and, and do these things for you, but I'm concerned about how it's going to affect this mm -hmm. too. You know, it's just when we start acting differently. When you say you heard happen? the Lord, like it wasn't like, it wasn't like a, Audible voice, was it? Wasn't, it wasn't. It was, I just heard him speak to my heart yeah, in just, a way that... Yeah, it was a communication. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. You knew it was him. Yes, yeah. it was. Mm -hmm. It was, mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so I'm like, Lord, I don't know what to do. Like, um, I'd like to change for you, but I'm afraid how it's going to affect things. So... Um, I'm going to go to sleep and mm -hmm. you're going to have to do something about this. Mm -hmm. So literally about three days later, I get a letter from this guy and he ends the relationship like out of the blue, like everything had been going great. And now it wasn't. So, <laughs> and oh, I'm like, yeah. all right, well then here we go. And it was just at that point where it's like, there was nothing holding me back. There wasn't any people holding me back and just started diving into what he had for me. The parish that I was at at the time was great. They, you know, had a great sacramental life. They had perpetual adoration. Mm. So just got really involved. It's amazing. There. Just, just sort of out of the blue, the Lord just 
let you know that he had more for you. Yes. And, and, and then you struggled to see how to respond to that, and mm -hmm. you began to respond. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Did yeah. you have some idea of what that more meant as the days were unfolding, or is it something you just sought the Lord to try to figure it out? Um, yeah. <laughs> he really, um, as, as the days were unfolding, it was... In an unexpected way, he was just kind of putting people and situations in my life and continued to just speak and guide for a period of time in a very powerful way that it was like step by step was just being revealed. So it was a real blessing to work like that. I remember um, not long afterwards, I was sitting, um, I went I went to Mass, went to a vigil Mass on Saturday evening, and I'm there at Mass. And at the end of Mass, they were looking for people to teach like third and seventh grade. And the Lord's like, I want you to teach religious ed. Like, I want you to teach seventh grade. And I'm like, that's, that's crazy. I don't know enough about your church. I don't know enough about this. How in the world do you want me to do this? And... Um, just through his encouragement and his persistence of like doing that. And then through that, just the people that I met there and, um, yeah, being able to offer what I was being given them back. Yeah. Yeah. He was faithful in little things will be put over larger things. And he who acts in the light that's given him more light will be given. And that's really what mm -hmm. happened to you. Then you ended up getting your doctorate in psychology. I did. And getting a teaching position at Franciscan University of Steubenville. I did, yes. Did. What, what happened then? Um, yeah, it was a blessing. I got a job right out of grad school teaching at Franciscan University. It's a great place. Um, very holy, very faithful, very devout. Um, probably one of the big things that happened when I, when I got to Franciscan, I was... Um, it was before then I had not been involved in like the charismatic movement or anything like mm -hmm. this. And, and in fact, I'd had some pretty bad experiences with the charismatic movement mm -hmm. and I wanted nothing to do with it. And, um, when I had started there at the university, it was, um, after about a semester, I had approached one of the friars there for spiritual direction. It just happened to be one of the friars who was his reputation being very charismatic. And I remember talking with him for the very first time and, you know, we're talking about direction and what I'm looking for and what he has to offer and this kind of thing. He's like, do you have any questions or concerns? And I'm like, yes, <laughs> like, you're charismatic and I'm not. And I want nothing to do with this whole charismatic movement. So that's a problem for you. You just let me know and I'll find another director. And he's like, no, no problem. So, um, yeah, so I, uh, that upcoming week, they have festivals of praise at the university mm -hmm. where they have monthly times of praising the Lord and exercising the charismatic gifts and so on. And I'd never been to one because I wanted nothing to do with all of this. Mm -hmm. And uh, that month, there were all these students who kept asking me, you know, are you going to the festival? Are you going to the festival? And I'm like, <laughs> And then it was like, fine, I'll, I'll go to the festival and I'll get fuel for my fire about why these people are so crazy, okay? Yeah. And it'll be great. So I go to this festival of praise and uh, I'm there and I'm sitting there and I'm trying to pray and trying to be contemplative and people are singing and making noise. And the student comes up to me and she's like, can I pray over you? And I'm thinking in my head, no, no, you can't pray over me. Like in the past when these charismatic people had prayed over me, they said like nothing that was related to my life and totally embarrassing and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, no, you can't. And I'm thinking, but again, I hear the Lord speaking. He's like, you know, you have to be charitable. You have to just let her serve you. So I'm like, fine, like, you can pray over me. I'm like, so, so what are you going to pray for? And she's like, I don't know. I'm like, this ought to be good. <laughs> so she starts praying and she didn't know me, but she start hitting every 
major issue, every fear, everything where I was at that point. There was just no way she would have known this about me. Well, Father David's seen me at the festival. So the next time I meet with him, he's like, so how's the festival? And I'm like, um, I got to tell you about the students. So I did. And uh, he's like, I think God wants more for you. I'm like, of course, God wants more for me. God wants more for all of us. What are you going with all this? And he's like, well, um, why don't you pray about the idea of baptism in the Holy Spirit? And I'm like, I don't want baptism in the Holy Spirit. I want to learn to be patient. I want to learn to be virtuous. I don't want gifts like tongues. He's like, tongues will help you be patient. I'm like, that's ridiculous. That doesn't make sense. He's like, pray with these passages. I left his office with these passages, and I was so angry. I'm like, I can't believe I'm doing this. <laughs> so anyway, but praying with them, like, again, it was just so evident that the Lord wanted more for me. Um, and then going back there, um, went to adoration right after work. And that's when he revealed that he wanted more. And then, uh, going later on that day again. And I'm like, okay, Lord, you know, if, if you do want something, I'm, I'm open to whatever you want from me. And just pouring out my heart to the Lord in a way that I hadn't before. And I had a very powerful experience of baptism, the Holy spirit of just praying and feeling like my, my hands went numb and my face went numb. And I just, um, I'm praising the Lord. I feel this heat in my chest and all of a sudden I'm speaking in tongues. It's just, nobody was praying over me. It just happened mm -hmm. right there. Mm -hmm. It changed my life. How did it change your life? Wow. Um, I think, you know, tongues does bring you patience. It really does. <laughs> I've never heard that before. I That's know, great. But That's it really does. Great. You know, and, um, just generally speaking, it, um, it gave me a deeper love for the Lord, a deeper trust in Him. Uh, and then as a result, just a lot of those fears and things that were present before are just less likely to be there. Greater freedom, greater joy. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's great. We're talking to Dr. Joanne Storm, professor of psychology at Franciscan University, and she just told us a little bit how the Lord kind of gradually, step by step, led her along in her life to a deeper relationship with the Lord, a deeper experience of the Spirit. And one of the things I really see happening is that the Lord is drawing our attention more and more to the Holy Spirit and the, the important role of the Holy Spirit in equipping us as Christians to have a vital relationship with Christ and be energized in our whole Catholic life. But I also see the Holy Spirit drawing our attention to the saints. It's almost like there's a saint revival going on and that we're kind of seeing how the saints are real not just distant figures, but actual real models of how it's possible to respond. Just like Joanne shared how she started to respond to saying yes to the Lord, how God led her on, that we can respond to the Lord and mm -hmm. grow in holiness, grow in sanctity, and that the, the teaching of the saints is really, really important for this. So, Joanne, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you discovered in your reading of different lives of the saints and teachings of the saints about some of the commonalities and how it's applicable to our lives. Yeah. Um, one of the things, like, after I just fall, I started falling more deeply in love with the Lord, like I was telling you about earlier, like, the lives of the saints were something that became just so important to me. I just started reading their lives. I'm like, well, if I want to do this, I'm just going to read how they did it and do what they did. And 
sounded like a simple enough plan to me. So I just started reading their lives and I just saw how they were so different and yet so similar. I mean, so you look at their lives on the surface and yeah, like you said, they're very different. So here's St. John, John Vianney and he's a parish priest and here's St. John Bosco and he opens a school for boys and here's St. John Amala and she's a mother and a doctor. And, you know, so you just had these very diverse people. Um, but at the same time, there was just these commonalities that, um, that seemed to underlie their lives. These gifts of humility and these lives of service and these lives of devotion to prayer and devotion to the sacraments. And So what, what are some of the commonalities that you discovered that maybe could be helpful to, for people to hear about? Mm, okay. Um, I think one thing that you consistently see in their lives is just dedication to, to the sacraments. Um, take for instance like reconciliation that not only is this important in, in the beginning stages of a relationship with the Lord but progression throughout as well that we continue to purify ourselves of those levels as he reveals it to us mm -hmm. I mean the Lord is a good father he's not mm -hmm. going to show us all of our problems at once yeah. praise him <laughs> yeah. um, but he does kind of take them in layers and when we're willing to consistently look at our lives and look at how we're falling short and then uh, seek to um, move forward and to yeah. not fail in those areas, then he shows us more and he keeps just drawing us closer and closer along mm -hmm. the path of holiness. Yeah. Um, so I'd say that's definitely one yeah. thing. You know, I think that's so important because a lot of people have a very static picture of what it means to be a Catholic. Like you're, you're a Catholic, that's it. And mm -hmm. then you, you die and that whatever happens, you know, and mm -hmm. they don't have this mm -hmm. whole idea of growth or progression or that that our time on earth is supposed to be a time where we're growing closer to the Lord and giving our right. life to him more fully and mm -hmm. allowing him to transform us, to get us ready, really, for heaven. Yeah, I remember um, in St. Catherine of Siena's writings, and she says something to the effect of how, you know, the Lord has has such a great high level for us and none of us reach it. Like even the saints haven't reached the level that the Lord desired for them to reach. Mm -hmm. um, so that there's always more that, that, yeah. that he wants to keep taking you further if you want to cooperate. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of the other ways, uh, things that you found about how we can cooperate? Um, let's see. I think another, uh, certainly living lives of humility. Um, that's kind of like a broad thing. And I think a lot of times people are confused. Like so many times I'll talk to people who are like, I prayed for humility. And then I fell up the stairs and I'm like, well, you know, humility isn't just about tripping upstairs. In fact, I don't think it has a lot, if anything, to do with tripping upstairs, but it does have to do with uh, understanding the truth of who we are, um, living that truth. Um, I think it was C.S. Lewis talked something about like, if you could have designed the best cathedral in the world and known it to be the best and rejoice over the fact that it's the best, just as you would if you rejoiced over the fact if somebody else built it, that you forget about yourself. You just live the truth of who you are. You live the truth of what has been created. Catherine Sina has this great line and she says, before she prayed, she used, she used to say, Lord, you are the one who is, and I am the one who is not. And it wasn't coming out of a bad self-image, mm -hmm. you know. She didn't have, you know, self-esteem issues. Right. She just was recognizing who she was before God, a creature, and that she mm -hmm. owed her whole existence, her whole being to mm -hmm. God. And that, that kind of humility of recognizing the truth is pretty important. Well, Teresa of Avila, you know, had some rough times where she really got off the track, and she said, self-reliance almost destroyed me. Mm -hmm. trying to do it on my own, 
energy, my own strength, and that dependence on God is so important. Joanne, what are some of the favorite saints that you've been reading and maybe some of the favorite stories about Mm -hmm. them or lessons from them? Let's see. I love St. Faustina, St. Mary Faustina, and her just her emphasis on divine mercy, her emphasis on how um, the person who is furthest from the Lord is is most entitled to his mercy. Mm. Um, And it's something I think that gives a lot of hope for people who um, who are in a difficult spot. So Mm. I really like a lot about her message. That reminds me of Therese of Lisieux. She mm-hmm. said, if the Lord would ever find a soul weaker than mine, he'd give her still more mercies than he gave to me. Yeah. You know, and it's the same, same message. Mm-hmm. Our helplessness, our poverty, our weakness, our inability is precisely the truth about who we are and that God is willing to come to us and give us what we need no matter where we mm-hmm. are. And that, uh, uh, I, I sometimes talk about it as qualifying for divine welfare. You know, admit your poverty, that you're below the poverty line, and you qualify for divine welfare, and God is rich in mercy. What, what about some other saints and some other, other stories or Let's lessons? Or? See. I also like the life and the writings of St. Ignatius of Loyola mm-hmm. um, for very different reasons. I think Ignatius is very, he's straightforward. He's kind of got this... Um, a very clear approach to, hey, this is how, this is a great way to discern spirits and to know what is the Lord and what is not the Lord and that the Lord is not going to speak with anxiety and fear and try to like scare you into doing things. Like that's evil. And even if evil is trying to tell you to do something good, it's not from the Lord and that isn't the direction you're supposed to be going. And, um, yeah, so his writing has been pretty influential. Um, his, his spiritual exercises have mm-hmm. also played a, a big role in my life mm-hmm. too. And of course, we can't even get that interior freedom unless the Lord help us get it because we're, we're attached to so many things. We're holding on to so many things. We have so many hopes and dreams and images of ourselves and desires mm-hmm. that may not be really from the Lord, but maybe from the world or our flesh. And having the Lord kind of bring us to a place of peace and surrender where we come to that detachment and that wanting, wanting to do his will. Is, is, yeah. I think another commonality you saw in the lives of the saints is just how they lived, lived great lives of joy. That once they were able to put the Lord for first, and like you said, you know, you kind of let him guide you and you let him to make the decisions. It, it puts us in this place where we can accept his grace mm-hmm. and sit back in some ways. I mean, obviously still playing an active role and cooperating mm-hmm. with it, but there's a lot of things that just fall into place and there's not this fear and there's not this anxiety. It's like, I have to do this and I have to make myself holy, mm-hmm. but there's this great joy that starts coming from them. I'm really glad you mentioned that because when people think about holiness, they a lot of times don't think of joy. Mm-hmm. You know, they think of dark night or, you know, gloomy or hard or life becomes miserable. And yeah. And the truth is, is that those, those moments of purification, those dark nights aren't the end stage of where we're heading. Those dark nights, those purifications, those transforming things that sometimes have painful dimensions to them mm-hmm. are to free us for more love, are yeah. to free us for joy, are to free us from those things that we fear. You know, perfect love casts out fear. So the process of growing in holiness is a process of growing in freedom and love and joy and mm-hmm. the painful dimensions are, are, you know, inconsequential when you really think about yeah. what the results are and where you're going. Because when they were suffering, like the saints even suffered in joy. Yeah, that's They were true. able to just really offer it back and, and connect with the Lord yeah. in that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's really why I wrote this book. I, I was amazed. I, I read a, one of John Cross's books and a, mm-hmm. can, a canical and just kind of a, 
just all the lights came on. It's like, like, wow, creation, redemption, everything I ever experienced in my life, just kind of light came on. And I just started to read all his works and Teresa's works and Therese and Francis de Sales and Bernard mm -hmm. de Clairvaux. And it's just been so much of my own life. And I found so many people who have tried to read these, these writings of some of these doctors of the church in the area of spirituality and say, can't figure out what's going on or I don't understand that archaic mm -hmm. language. And so I, I really felt like the Lord called me to try to find a way of communicating the teaching of these saints without compromising its depth or its insight. Uh, but in language that people can understand. So I would like to let people know that this book, I've worked on it for 10 years, and I think it could be a tremendous resource for responding, like Joanne's been talking about in the mm -hmm. program, for really understanding how to take the next step and the next step and overcome the obstacles along the way. It's called The Fulfillment of All Desire, a guidebook for the journey to God based on the wisdom of the saints. And you can get it from our Renewal Ministries website, renewalministries.net, or you can get it on Amazon.com, or you can ask your bookstore to order it for you. Joanna, thanks for being with us, and thanks for what you're doing at Franciscan University, and mm -hmm. thanks for the witness of your life and the joy of your life. And Until next week, this is Ralph Martin and Dr. Joanne Storm wishing you the very best, a life of docility to spirit, a life of saying yes to the Lord, a life of knowing there's so much more that the Lord wants to give us, and it's possible right now for you. This podcast is brought to you by Renewal Ministries, part of the Renewal Podcast Network. If you are enjoying this podcast, we invite you to help us spread the word by leaving us a rating or review, following or subscribing to this podcast, or sharing on social media. Until next time, this is Right Now with Ralph Martin. Ralph Martin.